Welcome to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. Hi, everybody. My name is Jay O. I am the author of Maximize Your Medicare. I am also the host of the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. Today's podcast is not financial advice. It's not the offer or solicitation of any financial product of any sort, including but not limited to insurance. I'm not affiliated with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, the official government agency that governs Medicare. I'm also not endorsing any specific carrier or any specific product, even though I am an expert contributor on a website powered by Humana, one of the nation's largest carriers. We do have clients around the country, and if you have questions, personal ones, on your private financial or Medicare matter, you can send me an email, jae at maximizeyourmedicare.com. With all that good stuff out of the way, we begin in five, four, three, two, one. Now, the Art Lewis Show on News Radio 790 WSGW. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Art Lewis Show for a Saturday morning. We're in the window. And if you have Medicare, you know what I'm talking about. The window is where you can uh, choose to uh, change plans, which we'll talk about this morning. And some of the things that have changed along with it, because back for another visit, the man who wrote the Maximize Your Medicare book, now in its fourth edition, and is going to have a seminar coming up uh, this Monday about Medicare, we'll tell you about. Well, we say good morning to J.O. Good morning, Art. Good morning, Jay. All right. Uh, I just had a conversation with Jay off the air. He speaks in a different language than I do, but I, I kind of understood it. But uh, I, I think... still have a nasal Midwest <laughs> accent. Don't worry. <laughs> I think uh, before we get into some of the specifics... I know we're going to be talking about legacy plans again. Right. Because they seem to be uh, the thing that's the most unstable. How's that right now? It's stable for the company, but not so stable for the end user. So define for me, what are we talking about when we talk about legacy plans? And are we only talking about one company? So, Art, you're right. Uh, you can remember our conversation last year at almost at exactly the same time. I suggested, I implied that 2016 be a very difficult year inside the state of Michigan, and it was for this event exactly because this was largely inevitable, meaning that Legacy is the brand name to a select set of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan uh, Medigap plans. All right, so let me ask a couple of questions as we go along here so I have it clear in my mind. Legacy is a brand within the Blue Cross family? It's so just their label it's for a it. Label it's for a it. label for it. Now, were these policies, for lack of a better term, and I, I don't know all the terms, so I'll just use a term I do know, were these Advantage-type plans? These no, they were plans? not. They were not. Okay. They were Medigap plans, otherwise known as Medicare Supplement or Medicare Supplemental. Those are three And did different... they have all the letters to them? Yes. The most popular, the dominant of those plans was Medigap Plan C. 
Okay. It had a price of approximately 122 dot eight six approximately uh yeah, the, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> it did not change irrespective of your age your or your gender or medical status so as a result persons who had medicare used to be able to sign up and enroll in that plan at that price irrespective of any of those factors okay so um for folks that have Blue Cross, and I think their Medigap plans are under Blue Care Network. For those that have Medigap plans with Blue Cross, does this encompass all of those Medigap plans or only certain ones? Only certain ones. And it would actually have to be this legacy class, if you will. You would know that? Yes. Okay. You would. And generally speaking, when persons have asked me about questions with questions, they would have said they have received some type of correspondence from the carrier to tell them about their rate increase, which is depending upon their age, their gender, and their location in Michigan. Now, I mean, full disclosure here, folks, I hold a a Blue Care Network Medigap policy, and I get my increase letter every year at this time, but it's always, you know, it's a few bucks. It's not huge numbers. It's incremental. That's different, though, That's right? right. That's right. This is changing entirely by structure, meaning that your plan, Art, did change gradually every year with your age and based on their anticipated cost for the next year. Legacy plans were held stable at this identical price according to, you know, in accordance because Blue Cross followed the terms and conditions of an agreement with the state. That agreement ended on July 31st of this year. So now they are free to restructure. So what happens? People holding legacy plans... They probably already got this notice, but what should yes. they expect? What what did they hear about? Well, and how big a rate increase are we talking about? The rate increase quite shocking to many. Uh, at the extreme, you're talking about from one hundred and twenty-two dollars to the four hundred dollar range at the oh, high end. So, wouldn't they be better off just switching to a different Medigap plan and pay less for probably more coverage? And this is, of course, the complication because. The other sellers have the right, if you're above 65 and a half, to ask you medical underwriting questions, meaning they're going to ask you sure. about your height and your weight, whether or not you have any pre-existing conditions right. or some medical fact. They have the right to reject your application if beyond 65 and a half. Let me, let me ask you about that for a minute. So what types of conditions might be rejectable? For example, in this country and today particularly, there are more and more cases of type 2 diabetes being diagnosed, and people go on the, the normal pills that control it to sure. a degree, metformin sure. and all those things. Sure. Is that a rejectable health uh, claim? Because if so, a third of the country won't be able to buy insurance at a reasonable price. Without being too specific about your specific question, the answer of which I would be happy to discuss off the air right. as opposed to here in public the reality is that the different sellers will have different questions. They're basically different types of graders based on the carrier themselves. Every company is different. Every company is different. They're legally allowed to do so. To However, so, should we should say. point out the plans are not, right? If you buy plan F, G, C, I don't care what the letter is, that plan from carrier A is identical to that plan from carrier B, from carrier C, 
The only difference may be the price, right? They can set their own price. You've got it exactly right. And, of course, Maximize Your Medicare is pointing this out, which is that one of the characteristics of those columns of letters is, in fact, just as you described, Art, meaning that Art Lewis's insurance company's plan N is the same as insurance carrier number two's plan N. That is absolutely right. Government controls that, right? That's by agreement with the government? That the That's government correct. dictate what these plans are? That is true, and it, they are completely standardized, irrespective of the carrier. Why did that happen? Uh, and I, I ask because we don't seem to have any other standardization in any other kind of insurance. Why the Medigap plans? I can't really speak to it. I can tell you that it has offered a great deal of comfort to consumers in the sense that if they take advantage of the time that they are not asked medical questions, they can compare across carriers and allow the carriers to compete on, for whatever reason they would like in particular areas. So in Michigan, for example, the north part of the state is, generally speaking, for the same plan cheaper than the metro Detroit area part mm-hmm. of the state. All right. So let's stick to that for a minute and talk about other variables. Uh, let's say that you, at age 65, mm-hmm. sign up for a Medigap plan. Right. And you're not asked medical qualifiers. That's correct. Okay. Now you're on that plan and you're in your mid-70s. Right. And you have some issues that have developed over the years. Can they adjust your rate based on those issues? Or are you still under the flag of no medical questions asked? Here's the rate. The other aspect of the Medigap plans is that as long as you pay the premium, the seller is obligated to stand up to its side of the contract. So the carrier will honor that contract as long as you pay premiums, irrespective of your individual level of claims. So my premium at the at the turnaround point, like now we start getting letters about premiums, That's okay? Right. That's right. That premium then is not based on my claims over the past years, for example. That's based on a flat rate for that policy that the carrier has adapted. That's correct. So you are part of a group of people. A group of people. A group right. of people. So they don't raise my rate based on I'm... I'm it's not I'm a personal matter. from the personal, you know, all of that stuff, right? You're exactly right. Yeah. Whereas the legacy plans? The legacy plans didn't change at all through time, irrespective of even the group's level of claims. So now they can reprice them. That's correct. But that has nothing to do with the individual. It's on the group itself. They've looked at the group. And it gets very, very complicated here. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that... First of all, persons can stay on their legacy plans at the stated price that they are receiving in their letters. If they are finding that the price is shocking or they are trying to find alternatives, then the number of layers of decisions has exploded, candidly, um, since over the past couple of months. It has become clear to us that the paths that someone would take out of the legacy plans has many, many questions and will depend on the person's individual situation. All right, we're going to continue this conversation. If you have any questions about Medicare and Medigap policies, you can give us a call. Talk to J.O. 752-6111, toll-free 866-790-WSGW. His book, now in its fourth edition, Maximize Your Medicare, 
And Jay's doing a free Medicare information session at Horizons. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't tell them I cough because they'll raise my premium. No. Uh, the <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, uh, Horizons Conference Center, Monday, this Monday, 5 o'clock, how Medicare really works, do's and don'ts of Medicare, and what you can do if your premium increased. And uh, Jay will be there to answer your questions. Do they have, do they have to pre-register? No, they don't. Okay. It's totally open to the public. All right. Horizons Conference Center, Monday, October 24th, 5 p.m. All right. We're back with you here on WSGW. And uh, we have in studio with us J.O., who wrote the book Maximize Your Medicare. We're in the Medicare window now for uh, those with policies to make decisions about their plans. Um, I wanted to talk about something else. We've talked about these legacy plans, but there, there are other plans that have to do with Medicare, and they're making changes in them. Uh, let's talk about Part D for a moment. We don't spend a lot of time talking about Part D, which is the drug component, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the companies seem to manipulate the tiers quite a bit once a year. <laughs> Every year. Every year. Every things year. change, don't they? This year, which has been suggested in, in the book, which is that there are moving parts in standalone, in prescription drug benefits because there are three components. There's the price, meaning the premium, and then there are the cost of the different tiers that you pointed out are, and then there's the approved drug list, which is known as the formulary. All of these moving parts can move every year, and you should, people should expect them to move every year. There's intense competition on the other end among sellers. And so far for this year, as I've looked through the plans, I can tell you that the variety of plans which are becoming the most efficient for a particular person with a particular set of uh, prescriptions. That is changing much more frequently this year than it has over the last two years. So if you're taking a list of prescriptions, uh, and some of them used to be Tier 1 or Tier 2, now they may be Tier 3, or if Tier 2 goes to Tier 3, or maybe they're not on the list. I mean, what changes? Everything? All, all of those that you suggested no. <laughs> are can change. And so that's the important thing here. I know that it is our human nature to not like change. And the idea of keeping your card and not looking at it is the most comfortable situation. That said, even if your list it stays the same, because of the moving parts and the ability or the right for the sellers to change them and the way they work, it can very easily be that your best plan for 2017 is different than it is in 2016. And do the sellers have different tiers within their plans? In other words, do they have more than one Part D drug plan? Yes, that is absolutely the case, meaning that the sellers can can and do offer multiple levels of coverage or policies themselves. So do you get what you pay for? If you buy the, you know, let's say a company's got A and B in their selection choice. Sure. Uh, and let's say B is 40, 50% more than A. Uh, you know, do you get what you pay for? What are you gaining if you buy the better policy? In general, 
certainly with the higher premium, the higher monthly premium, the coverage or the copay, for example, the cost structure, if you have to go to the Rite Aids or to your farm, local pharmacy in other parts of the country, the copays are lower if the premium is higher. Now, whether or not the, in, the actual <laughs> overall cost yeah. at the end of the year ends up in that way, that requires a crystal ball. Yeah, I figured that. All right, so now let's talk about these things called advantage plans that I started asking about early on to make sure they weren't part of the legacy thing. Is there an advantage to the advantage advantage plans? And if there's an advantage to the advantage plans, what's the disadvantage to the advantage plans? So Medicare Advantage is is also known as Medicare Part C by many. They, generally speaking, uh, include both the health and the prescription drug benefits together, or simply the health benefits. They are required to be at least as good as your red, white, and blue card or the Medicare card on average, and they all the sellers have to gain approval for the plans from the federal government every year. Do they replace the red, white, and blue card? Because the red and blue card is part A, and if you have part B, that's on there too. They replace all of that, so when you go to the doc, you don't show them your Medicare card, you show them your Advantage card, is that what you're saying? That is true, and I'm, let's not misunderstand. That doesn't mean that we're suggesting that you should destroy your red, white, and yeah, blue card. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that, no, but you don't right. need to show it. Then. Correct. That's uh, right. All right, so the other part of my question is what's the disadvantage to the advantage? Well, much like part D... People have to understand that this is an annual contract, meaning the premium the and all the co-pays, for example, if you have inpatient hospital admission or if you have to visit the emergency room. The schedule of prices of the out-of-pocket expenses can change annually. And finally, on Medicare Advantage, the most important part of the book regarding uh, Medicare Advantage plans is you have to be comfortable with the notion of network. Meaning that you can, depending on your Medicare Advantage plan, either a provider may not belong to that network, in which case you would be responsible for the entire cost. On different plans, they may accept you even if the provider is not in the network. Let's call it a physician or a specialist of some sort. They may accept the plan, but your charge could be different than if you were in the if you were she were in the network. In the non-Medicare world, mm-hmm. is there a correlation between the Advantage plan and HMOs, for example? Absolutely. So, yes, in fact, some set of some portion of Medicare Advantage plans are, in fact, HMOs, where you need to have a primary care physician. And depending on the ver- variety within HMO, that primary care physician may have to serve as the point guard or the quarterback to say you can go to a particular specialist. So here's what I never understood. I have seen and heard advertising for Advantage plans. Around the clock. With zero premiums. How do they do that? The way it works is the government, for example, persons have paid for Part A using their Social Security taxes when they're working and Part B using the Part B premium. The government has collected those funds and they allocate them to the carriers 
and the carriers then allocate it to the annual contract within the Medicare Advantage plan. So it is possible, and most states in the United States do have a version where their premium is zero. That said, you must be enrolled in Part A and Part B in order to purchase a Medicare Advantage plan. All right. We're going to take a break. If you want to hear more about it, though, Monday, 5 o'clock, J.O. will uh, be having a session called Free Medicare Information, How Medicare Really Works, Do's and Don'ts of Medicare, What You Can Do If Your Premium Increased. And just show up, 5 o'clock Monday at Horizons Conference Center. 9.36 now on WSGW. Welcome back here on the Art Lewis Show. In studio with me, J.O. He has authored the book, Maximize Your Medicare, now in its fourth revision. And he has a free Medicare information session coming up at Horizons Conference Center on Monday at 5 o'clock. How Medicare really works. And the do's and don'ts of Medicare. And what you can do if your premium increased. But rather than me continue to ask all these questions, let's go to our phones and let Aaron do it. Aaron is in Bay City. You're on with J.O. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, hey J.O. and Art. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering uh, on the, did you announce earlier, I just turned the radio on, about the uh, Medicare B, if the rates went up this year? We do not know that. We were actually just speaking about that on air. <laughs> it's an election year. You really want them to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of election, uh, Donald Trump's going to be in Gettysburg at 11 o'clock. Yeah, so okay. Well, we're not talking about that right now. Yeah, he'll talk about We're not talking about that right now. Healthcare. We don't have uh, the rates yet for 2017. It is going to be complicated this year because, as most people know who receive Social Security benefits, COLA is very limited. And there are complicated rules and laws regarding the extent of which the increase can occur or to the degree it can occur for premiums. So is it reasonable, Jay, even though we don't know the numbers, right. is it reasonable to suggest that because the COLA was so limited, the increase will also be limited? Yes, that is absolutely the case for the persons who are currently already Medicare beneficiaries. So if you already have your red, white, and blue card and you are paying the standard rate, 120, either 104.90 or 121 if you were turned 65 this past 12 months, then you can presume or it would be a safe thought to think that your premium will not, for Part B, will not increase dramatically. Now that said, all of the other co-pays and co-insurance figures on original Medicare are not tied to COLA. So they're absolutely subject to change, meaning that the Part B deductible, as well as all of the co-insurance and co-pays, for example, inpatient hospital stay. Mm -hmm. So that's on, on, uh, uh, scheduled to be announced uh, about the same time as it was uh, last year then? whatever the rates are going to be. I would expect that to be the case sometime. Well, of course, now we're running out of time for the end of the year, but certainly in the coming days, that is going to be released, yes. Okay. All right. Because the Social Security doesn't go up uh, probably as fast as what some of the other things do. Right. That's correct. So, Very good, Aaron. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Kindly. Take care. Bye-bye now. Right, so I have a question, follow-up on that. just occurred to me because you mentioned that while the rate is tied to COLA, the deductibles and some of those things, out-of-pocket costs, are not. They are not. Does that mean if you have A and B, let's say you have A, B, and D, all right? So okay. you don't have an advantage plan. You right. got all the pieces. Right. And then you have a Medigap plan, plan that pays the copays, Plan F, for example, all right? That's right. Does that mean Plan F is now obligated to pick up that additional cost of the overages because the, the uh, 
the schedule the for Part A and right. Part yeah. B have changed? Yes, that is correct. So in other words, the way that Medigap is written, it says they'll pay, in most cases, 100% of the Part A deductible for inpatient hospital stay. It doesn't specify what that dollar amount is. Right. It says whatever it is. Whatever it is. That's correct. So you can still sleep at night if you have A, B, D, and F. Best thing is not to be <laughs> not, to, not to require inpatient hospital stay. Art. <laughs> yeah, that, and there's another thing, and this is this is one that really gripes me. What do you do if you go to the hospital? Let's say you have. Uh, we'll pick a condition. Let's say you have uh, symptoms of a heart problem. Okay. And those okay. magic words come out of the doctor's mouth. We're going to hold you for observation. Can you tell the doctor, nope, I want to be admitted? Because my understanding is Medicare doesn't pay for observation. Is that right? If you're held under observation, it's covered <laughs> under Medicare Part B. It is covered under B. Correct. Oh, it's, okay. It's covered under Part I was B. under the impression they wouldn't pay for it. It's covered under Part B. The issue is that the cost has a different cost-sharing responsibility with it, meaning that you have to pay the Part B deductible, and then you have to pay 20% of the Medicare-approved amount if you only have a, the red, white, and blue card in that instance. Right. If you have one of those Medigap plans that pays the differences, it will pay that. Then. It will pay it. So That's correct. Okay. So I, that was a misconception I had. I was told, never go in under observation and nobody will pay the bill. The complication, the, it is true that if you are admit, into the hospital under observation status, it becomes very unclear about which part of Medicare is paying for what cost. And that confusion has caused people unsurprising bills in the past. Yeah. There's a new law that took effect this year, which means that if you are in the hospital for or across to midnights, that you are presumed to be in patient status. Oh, okay. So it early doors, as the English might say. So we don't, we don't have a lot of anecdotal evidence about how that's working out. But but the reality is that the, that is what the way the regulations read at the current time. All right. Take a break. We'll be back with more. Jo is our guest. Captivating listeners with all things curious and unexplained. Coast to Coast with George Norrie is live overnights 1 to 5 a.m. on WSGW. And we are back with you here on WSGW. In studio with me is J.O. And uh, Jay has written the book Maximize Your Medicare now in its fourth edition. This Monday at Horizons Conference Center at 5 o'clock, a free seminar on Medicare information, how Medicare really works, do's and don'ts of Medicare, and what you can do if your premium is increased. To our phones, Judy is in Saginaw Township. You're on with J.O. and me. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. I wonder if you could speak to the issue regarding if you are sent to the hospital for observation, then there seems to be a difficulty when you want to go into a nursing home as far as payment, when that starts and who pays for what. Absolutely. Rather this than- is part of the controversy or the issue we spoke just before the break which is in order for Medicare Part A to cover you in a skilled nursing facility, it must be accompanied by a three-day inpatient hospital stay. So you have to have both inpatient status and for three days in order for Part A to pay for the skilled nursing facility for the first 20 days at no cost to you. So if you go in a hospital under observation, 
and you're only there for two days and they say you have to go to a nursing home, you could be in trouble then financially, right? Exactly, because what ends up happening, again, you can go to the skilled nursing facility and receive treatment, but it would be covered under Part B, which is the 20%, not under Part A, where the first 20 days are at no cost. So there, when you go from the hospital to a skilled nursing facility, in order to be covered by Part A, you must have three-day inpatient hospital stay. One important point, which is there are certain Medicare Advantage plans where you do not need to have the three-day inpatient hospital stay requirement. In other words, you can go directly to the skilled nursing facility, and depending on the skilled on the Medicare Advantage plan, which will vary, at, it will vary. It may be covered right from the beginning. Maybe you'll have to check the language of that, of course, and that will vary on the plans, and that language can change annually. As confusing as that is, Judy, did that answer the question? <laughs> it did, but there are a lot of people that, that uh, are not aware of that, and they really have a complication mm-hmm. for the situation because once the, de- once the papers are signed to go into the hospital for observation, it doesn't get changed. Those, the status there, first of all, the... I spoke about it just before the break again, which is that if you cross two midnights, you are presumed now to be in patient status. And in addition, even to that, if you were admitted under observation, that's correct. Okay. In addition to that, there's also another rule that hospital systems have to send a letter in writing to you to inform you of your status. Those are new in 2016. They certainly are new, and I and I hope that they follow through with that because that has not always been the case. Mm-hmm. So I thank you for getting that information out to the people. It's Judy, important. To know thanks that. for your call. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you, Art. Bye bye now. Bye. All right. So I also hear you saying one advantage plan is not the same as the other advantage plan is not the same. In other words, the advantage plans don't have the same uniformity rules that the alphabet soup Medigap plans have. Is that right? You're absolutely right. The premiums vary you know substantially you mentioned that there are premiums at zero there are premiums that go into the two hundred dollar range certainly in the state of michigan as well as in other parts of the country the fine language the small print across all those plans even within the same carrier can and should be expected to be different from each other and then also be able to be subject to change annually every year and who amongst us can read the fine print? <laughs> it can be challenging. The difficult thing for consumers, of course, is the fact that it's very difficult for consumers to compare a carrier's plan. Let's just call it Medicare Advantage Plan 1 versus Carrier B's Medicare Advantage Plan 3. Very difficult to line up the combination of benefits and cost. That is that is a difficult exercise and the sellers cannot directly make the comparisons in mail and advertisements so all right well jay has a medicare information session happening it's free on monday october 24th this coming monday five o'clock horizons conference center how medicare really works do's and don'ts of medicare what you can do if your premiums increased And you don't have to pre-register, just show up. Jay, as always, it's informative. It's my privilege, Art. Thank you very much. Thanks. And don't forget the book, Maximize Your Medicare. 
now in its fourth printing. We'll be back to close. Thank you.